Today, we're talking about how to make your podcast set up to make a great sales pitch that your listeners will take hook, line, and sinker every single time. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and I am here to help you turn your podcast from a free content creation machine to a revenue generating content machine. It's still going to be a content machine no matter what you do, but there's a difference in creating content that's sustainable because you are turning it into revenue and creating a content machine that is a free monster that will eat your schedule, it will eat your lunch, it will eat your budget, and you end up walking away with nothing. So that's what I'm wanting to get you over today. Now, there are some basics with being able to make a sales pitch on a podcast. And a lot of podcasters are very uncomfortable with it. If you're looking at sales, there's a lot of psychology that goes into sales. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. Not, you're not going to do a deep dive. We're not getting a psychology degree here, but there are some proven things that will actually help you frame your podcast so that it leads to the obvious call to action and the obvious sale by your listener. So a couple of things I want you to know to begin with. Now, let me give you an example. Most podcasters, and trust me, I talk to podcasters every single week. Some of them are clients, some of them are prospects, some of them are consultations. So I'm always talking to them and I'm always looking at what they're doing and I'm always looking at what their goals, what they tell me their goals are with the podcast and then what they're actually doing with their podcast. And many times there is a huge disconnect. So When I see a podcaster and I talk to a podcaster who has been podcasting for a while and they have an interview show and when they tell me that their goal is to become a speaker or get more paid speaking gigs to build their online platform so that they can sell courses or do, you know, leadership development or basically be sort of the go to person in their niche for that thing they teach. And I look at their show, and it's not well-defined from the title what their show is. And every single interview that they do is with somebody else who's an expert in the field or some aspect of their niche. And what happens is they end up giving over their entire platform to that guest. The guest gets highlighted. The guest gets elevated. And you know what? The guest gets traffic from your podcast to their business. And that's why they don't mind being a guest a second and a third and a fourth time, because every time they come on your show, they get new business. But the problem is, if you're creating that for other people who are guests on your show, but you're not creating it for yourself, then it is not going to be sustainable. So here's the scenario that I see 
all the time. You start your show, the canned intro plays, you play a quick little intro and you go, hey, I've got so-and-so on the show today. Hey, so-and-so, welcome to the show. And you let them, you do an interview and you might have the same interview questions for every single guest. And those interview questions start, you know, a lot of times chronologically, you know, how did you get started? Tell us a little bit about yourself. All these kind of normal interview questions. And then you touch on their work and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then you leave a, um, you know, get them to get give the information where people can get in touch with them. And then you basically exit out of the interview and go, hey, thanks. Leave us a rating review if you like the show. Uh, don't forget to come back next week. We'll be here for you. And you play out the music and there is no discernible sales pitch. There is no discernible leading of your people, your listeners, to the next call to action, the next step. How can they take that next step with you? So there's a framework. It's not my original framework. It's um, several people have come up with the same type of thing, whether you're talking about Storyboard or Russell Brunson or whatever. But the framework is very simple and it fits very, very well into the podcast formula, so to speak, or the podcast format. So what the, the framework is, And, you know, I'm all about frameworks. I have found that frameworks have changed my life. And so I'm here to sing the praises of frameworks. But these frameworks that you can then overlay your content onto become your guidepost for creating a successful podcast that leads to lead generation and then converting those leads to customers. And I know that all sounds very markety, but it's actually very simple to do from a content creation standpoint. So, for example, let me give you the framework. It's very simple. It's called Hook, Story, Offer. Hook, Story, Offer. So let's take this Hook, Story, Offer and put it into, let's just say, podcast parts and pieces. So if you are creating a hook, now I will say this. If you are a musician and many times you are writing songs Sometimes the first thing that you're going to create is that hook. The very first part of the piece of music you might, you're probably going to create is the hook. What are you going to get to draw? And, and that's that hook becomes the line of the song that everybody knows, right? The hook becomes that playable, repeatable, singable. It's the I want to hold your hand of the Beatles song, the thing that gets everyone on board with you and riding along for your story and then your offer. So in a podcast, for most purposes, and I'm not talking about show format here, but your title of your show is going to be the hook. Your title of the show is going to be what draws people in. Now, there's two ways to approach your title to your show. You can try to go for SEO value and try to say, you know, big keywords in it and try to put things in there that you think people are going to be searching for. And it's not wrong to do that. But to be honest, you have the choice of going from the SEO route or from the readability, hookability, likability kind of thing, drawing people in with that curiosity factor. So I could say, give you an example in titles, you know, how to overcome adversity and create a new life for yourself. 
that could be my title. And you might see that on uh, not Facebook, on podcast uh, apps and that sort of thing. How to overcome adversity and create a new life for yourself. Or I could say how one person went from bankrupt and owing $900,000 in debts to making $4 million and working only four hours a week. Okay, that's just an example. So which is more likely to draw you in? It's probably the more specific one. And the more specific one was, hey, this guy went from $900,000 in debt to making $4 million a year and only working four hours a week. Yes, please. Right. I mean, the, that that's a hook. The hook draws you in. Now, I will also tell you this with YouTubers. YouTubers, the first thing they create for their show is the title. And that thumbnail that is going to be visible whenever you're searching for their show, because they know that visual connection to what your content is, is going to be the hook that's going to draw you in. So they're going to probably take the most outrageous image that they can conjure up from the video and overlay their graphic on it to tell you what the title is. And boom, that's the hook. That's that's what they're doing. In contrast to that, what are podcasters doing? Podcasters. <laughs> podcasters are doing their content. They're not directing it in any sort of way. They come on, they go do an interview with a person. They do the same questions as everyone else, every other show of theirs has. And that person has to fit in their mold. And when they get done, they say, you know, how to use social media to grow your audience with so-and-so. And that's what the title becomes. But there's so little thought into the title of your show that it you don't even you don't even know what your hook is. So the hook is your title for your show format. The hook, my hook is that little thing I do at the beginning where I say, hey, this is what we're talking about today, because I know if I can get you drawn in with the topic first and foremost, you're probably going to stay and listen all the way through. So that hook is very important. Many times you need to craft a story. The story is the content of your show. The story is going to illustrate the hook. The story is going to draw the listener in. The story is going to get the listener to really identify and say, yeah, that's what I do. You know, the, my story, whenever we started this, I started saying, you know, if you're a typical podcaster, this is what you do. You have an interview show and this is what your show looks like. That's my story. The more stories I tell, the better I can get at giving illustrations of my hook and then leading to my offer. So it's one of those things where if we think about each part of it and we begin crafting each interview for even if you're doing interviews, if you're not doing interviews, all the better for being able to craft the exact story you want to tell to illustrate the point and get people to your offer. So your podcast content is more important than you ever thought, and it's got to naturally lead to the offer or the call to action. So for example, let's just say you're a new podcaster, and we've already talked about how if you focused on email collection versus downloads, it would radically change your success of your podcast, because you would be doing whatever you could to get people to actually take action. And by taking those steps to get people to take action, you're learning what compels people to take action. You're learning what people respond to. You're learning what your niche and what your audience will, what will move them. 
That's what you want. But if you never learn that, you're never going to understand what it's going to take to get your audience to convert. So let's just say you're focused on email collection. And one of the things that you have decided as a new podcaster is that you are also going to do a Facebook group for your podcast. And this is a great, great tool to sort of gather your community together and have them where you can actually get feedback and get in touch with your listeners. And that is kind of the holy grail of podcasting. There's nothing worse than being a podcaster where you podcast and you put it out there and you put it out there and you put it out there and you put it out there. And before you know it, no one responds. And it's like, crickets and you're like the guy in the basement who's broadcasting and you know not getting any response back and you don't get that feedback but creating that community is absolutely critical so maybe with your community whenever you create a Facebook group they give you the opportunity to ask three questions three questions you can ask of people before they join your group you know you can develop a highly desirable lead magnet like we talked about in previous episode And you can add that and say, what is the best email address for me to send my free and then name whatever the title of it is for the lead magnet to? And on your Facebook group, probably, if you're like most people, you might get 60 to 70% of the people that will join your Facebook group to give you their email address. And that is a valid email opt-in, right? So maybe you're doing that, but here's the thing. If you create that Facebook group and all you ever do at the end of the show is say, hey, don't forget, we've got a Facebook group. Come join us on Facebook and you put it out there. Then what happens is people forget about it. I have a show that does a really good job. It's a mommy show. And when I say I have a show, I we do the production and the editing on the show. So it's not my show. It's the host show. But they do a fantastic job of building their episodes with the content from their Facebook group. So they are always getting tips on things and they're always discussing crazy things and they have these kind of uh, recurring themes in the mommy world that they're talking about and they're always getting tips. The way they use it in their show is just masterful because they'll say, oh, and from our Facebook group, we had this, uh, you know, Alyssa had this great idea and she says that blah, blah, blah. And then they go into what Alyssa's comment was on the, the post or the whatever they posted for feedback. They use that throughout the show to build their content on. So what happens whenever people hear that? Well, number one. Alyssa just heard her name mentioned on the show, right? They'll be like, oh, yeah, Alyssa in the Facebook group. Oh, my God, she was killing it whenever she gave this answer because this is brilliant. And then they'll say whether they agreed with it or not or whether that's just the, you know, best thing they've ever heard or, you know, whatever outrageous, you know, story or comment it is. And all through their episodes, they are weaving in feedback and context and content from their Facebook group. So listeners can see how involved they are in it. Listeners can see that if they're involved too, their comment and their situation and their story may get put on the show. So what does it make them do? It makes everybody, it makes everyone that's listening to that show that isn't part of that Facebook group feel like they are missing out. 
One of the ways that you naturally, doesn't matter whether it's a Facebook group or whether you're offering consultation calls or you people can hire you one-on-one to consult with them. You need to be mentioning that and creating stories around that in your podcast. If I did a podcast called Podcast Monetization Secrets and I never mentioned how I work with podcasters, you would have no context for that. But part of what I do for podcasters is I had two calls yesterday and both of them were about building sales funnels for the podcast because these are people who are doing content, but they're doing it for free and they've been stuck doing it for free some of them since 2018, and they want it to be where their, you know, revenue begins to come from over the next year. And then they want it to eventually replace their jobs. And we were having consultation calls about how to set that up, where they should start, what's their first step, what they're selling to their audience, what their customer, you know, journey would be, what the value ladder would be, all those frameworks for each aspect of that, because right now, all they know is I'm spending all this time to create content and schedule interviews and do all this stuff every single week. And I put it out there and I'm getting nothing back from it. And the problem is they haven't productized what they've done or what they offer, what they what they do for people. They haven't productized it in a way to be able to say, if you're looking for this, here's what you need to buy. And it gives you this many hours of my time. And here's what I'll do with you and blah, blah, blah. So there's a whole reason why people haven't monetized. But many times they're not building. There's a whole lot of reasons why people haven't monetized. But many times it is simply because they have not engineered their show to lead to the logical conclusion. And when you do that and you do it masterfully, it is so organic within your episodes that people don't feel like they're being sold to. People don't feel like it's a sales pitch. People, I mean, I I don't know about you, but whenever we come from a very value-based paradigm with our podcast, You know, you don't want to be seen as the one who's always, you know, like hawking stuff or whatever. You know, you don't want to be the used car salesman person of podcasting. And when you become that person, it repels people because we have a natural aversion to sales. But it's a whole different thing if I am not putting pressure on you, but I'm making available or making you aware of the fact that I offer a product or service that you can then take yourself to the next level with me. So hook story offer. If you are doing hook story offer for your podcast episodes, let's just walk through it really quickly. So you come up with your title or your subject matter or your hook, whatever it is first. And then you go and you build a podcast episode around that. Maybe it means that when you win or if you have interview guests on, that you get really granular with them about what specific thing and what specific story you're wanting them to tell about whatever it is, whatever your topic is, right? If they will come in and add to the story and you can basically craft a story and craft essentially your sales pitch from that story, then it becomes very easy to lead to 
the offer and the call to action. And so it's one of those things where it takes a little bit of planning. I hate it when I'm in Facebook groups and people are like, oh, my God, my interview canceled for uh, I'm supposed to interview somebody this afternoon at three because my show airs on Monday and it's Thursday. And I need some interview someone today because I can only do it today because tomorrow I have the kids. And then Saturday we're doing this and that and I can only interview today. So he'll come on my show. Don't even get me started on that because you're not planning your content in such a way that it gets you to a logical outcome. Don't you think the people that are expert email marketers or expert writers or expert whatever it is are laboring over every single email that they send out to you if you're an email marketer? I have a dear friend that is very effective at email marketing, and he's you know made millions of dollars with marketing funnels that he set up. And I was talking to him last weekend, and he said, it is not unusual when we send out an email for, for his company for he, he and the co-founder, the other co-founder of the company, to get together and spend four hours laboring over the actual copy of that email. This is just an email. This is not the story of the, it's not a story of a podcast. This is not an interview. This is just an email that's going out. And he said, we will go back and forth. And he said, it's not unusual because it is so intentional with what we're doing and how we're leading people from one thing to the next and how we're covering, you know, the emotional and the logical and then, you know, dealing with the fear factor. And, and they're, they're leading people on these natural psychological progressions to get them to take action and get the end result. That's not manipulative. It's not sneaky. It's not, you know, shysty in any way to do that. It's proven and it's effective. So why would you like, why would you purposely ignore the things that we know are so effective? And this hook story offer, if you begin implementing it and essentially overlaying it on the episodes that you have, what will begin to happen is you will begin to have a very logical call to action for whatever it is that you're you're trying to get your your listeners to take whatever that action is so understand that crafting that story and some people call the story that you know it might be the hero's journey that you're telling in the podcast and i think storyboard calls it the hero's journey i think russell brunson might call it the epiphany the epiphany bridge or something like that but there's there's different names for these frameworks that people have but it's basically where you're telling the story, you're making people understand and relate to where you were, and then you dis- they discover the realization or the epiphany that you had that sort of caused a pivot in your life or your business or whatever it was you were doing, and then how you took that path and how it led to the logical outcome of improving your life or whatever it is you're, you're wanting to, to sort of pitch, then the logical conclusion of if you want this too, and you want to take the next step with me, here's how you reach out to me. That's a very logical, natural progression. But we don't use it in podcasts. You know why? Because we build a podcast very differently. We scramble around for anyone we can get to come on a show. And I'm not saying everyone does this. I know I've seen lately, seems like a lot of podcasters that do interviews are just getting bombarded with really bad sales pitches. And they're like so 
overwhelmed with them that they're actually ignoring most of them. So they're not desperate for guests because they're booked out till, you know, June or July or August. And, you know, they don't want to stay that far booked out because the time between your interview and it releasing is so long that you lose a little bit of the, um, you know, oomph and the excitement about it and that sort of thing. So understand, I'm not saying that everyone just, you know, that anyone that does an interview show doesn't take time and really, you know, labor over their guests. But even what you're what you're doing, thinking about what logical action do you want your listeners to take? And there needs to be an action. There needs to be some sort of action that anyone can take after they've listened to your episode. I I would say a majority of podcasters don't have a real clear cut action that actually helps grow their business in any way. Many of them are stuck on the, you know, if you like the show, leave us a rating and review, which brings you zero revenue, brings you zero email opt-ins. You don't even ever get to know who those people are that left you a rating and review, and it benefits your business in zero ways, right? But you're taking the time to waste your one call to action that you should have at the end of an episode with something that is completely pointless and doesn't benefit the listener in any way, and it doesn't benefit you in any way. The only people it benefits is the platforms whose traffic you're driving to them. So understand that you really need to look back and put this framework into effect for your podcast episodes, the hook. How are you drawing people in? What story are you telling? And if you deal with people all the time, I I have so many clients that are um, like clinicians and practitioners. Um, some of them are doctors, lawyers, and they're always helping people with these problems they have. And they need to be talking about that in the episodes. They need to be mentioning how someone's story can be meaningful, a meaningful lesson to people that are listening. But many times they're not. They're so hung up on other things that they're not putting the story piece into the actual content of what they're talking about for the show. And then their call to action is weak. And if you give a weak call to action, it's obviously no wonder that you're not going to get a lot of responses. So I, you know, I, I have so many people that want to monetize their podcast and they they say that's what their goal is. But if you look at everything that's leading up to making money from a podcast, like they've engineered it completely the wrong way. And I don't know if you ever, ever watched those, um, a lot of those home shows like on HGTV or some of those other places where sometimes they're having to come in and fix problems. And they even if they're not trying to fix the problem, maybe they're just trying to do a renovation or they're improving it. What they find is they've got some sort of problem that was caused because somebody didn't engineer the whole house to do what it was supposed to do, whether it's to not let water drain into your foundation and rot it away, or whether it's, you know, to not allow your uh, heat to go right out the ceiling because you skimped on insulation or put the wrong type in your ceiling, or you didn't seal something properly or whatever it is, it wasn't engineered to accomplish the goal. And many podcasts are being put together and they're not being engineered in any fashion that will lead to revenue producing activity. 
And you want to have that as your main focus. If this is something you need to make revenue, now, does it mean you can't provide value and make revenue at the same time? No, absolutely not. Does it mean that you are a greedy scoundrel if you already start your podcast by wondering how you can make money from it? Absolutely not. In fact, it's so amazing to me that people would think that you could somehow do a podcast and be content to do it and get help with it and put all this time, energy, effort, money and thought into it and never get anything back from it. It's crazy to me that people think that I was in a, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups for like podcast editors and producers and things like that. And there's actually I saw a comment the other day where someone was talking about a consultation they had with somebody and it just wasn't really a good fit for them. And they were kind of, you know, wanting to know who they could refer this person to. And it was so funny because something about them wanting to know how to monetize a podcast as they were setting it up came up in the conversation. And one of the editors commented back and said, oh, yeah, that's immediately a red flag for me if the podcaster wants to, you know, is already talking about making money from it from the very first before they've ever released an episode. And that editor was like, that's somebody I immediately know is not a good fit for me because I don't even want to go down that road with them. Almost as if if you're not doing it for the pure art of podcasting, you're not worthy of having them edit your show. And in my mind, that is one of the first things I want to talk about. You know why? Because as a podcast producer, I want to help you achieve your goals. And if your goal is to monetize, then I need to be there right along the way, giving you advice and giving you any tips that I can. And I need to be diving headfirst in and learning this marketing piece so that I can share it with you and we can all improve our businesses from it. At the same time, when I have consultations with clients, that's one of the first things I'm mentioning. What is the overall business goal of your podcast? It's on one of my screening questions. Before I even get people to set up an appointment with me, it is on there. What is your overall business goal? And when people say they have a really ambiguous thing or they just say, I want to just share people's stories. Sorry, that's a hobby podcast. That's not going to be my niche that I'm going to, you know, invest my time in. But there are legitimately people that do production with me right now. I had one the other night. He's a just a heart of gold doctor, urologist. And he said to me the other night, he was we're working on his lead magnet, trying to get more opt-ins and trying to get his email list bulked up because he's got a membership site that's going to be coming out before long. And we're talking about these kind of things. And he said, man, I am just so glad I decided to go with you because I interviewed a bunch of different podcast production companies. And he said, you are the only one that talked about helping and how to get me to monetization. And that's at the heart of what I, what has to happen, the paradigm shift that has to happen in podcasting in order for us to not have a... 61% turnover rate or pod fade rate in the uh, directories, you know, you know, that stat, we've all said it before, only 39% of the shows that are in the Apple podcast directory have released a show within the last six months. That means we have a 61% failure rate. Why are they failing? They're not getting what they need out of their show. And it's not wrong to say, I need this to be a source of revenue. You know what? Conversely, you know what the marketing people know? The marketing people know 
that your podcast becomes your biggest organic traffic source for your business or whatever entity, if you engineer it correctly. And so they are saying, you know what, go start a podcast and publish, 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 because that is going to be the best way for you to get organic traffic. And if you don't get organic traffic, you know what kind of traffic you're left getting? You have to get paid traffic. And it costs more money to get paid traffic than it does organic traffic. So why not? Let's just flip the paradigm for the people that are coming to this from a value proposition and from a content perspective and figure out a way to engineer your podcast so that you're leading your customer down the logical progression with you. And that would be, what is the next step they can take? Can they join your Facebook group? Can they get on your email list? Do you have a group thing they could do? Do you have an ebook? Do you have a mini course? Do you have a mini webinar? What else can you teach them? All of these things are possible through podcasting, but you've got to begin to put the framework of hook, story, offer into your planning for your podcast. And if you get to the end and you've got a great hook and you've got a great story and you don't have a good offer, then you need to figure that out before you air that podcast. If you ignore this because it's too difficult or it requires you to sort of think about it too much and it sort of puts you in a tailspin and it basically is a roadblock for you, then you will end up being stuck in free content creation mode. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to create free content, but so many people, that 61% of people that didn't produce a podcast in the last six months, they got stuck in free content creation mode. And when they couldn't turn it around, the only thing they could do, the quickest way to get out of a hole is to quit digging, is they stopped their podcast. So that means all the time, all the effort, all the money, all the anxiety, all the fear, everything that they put into that now becomes a sunk cost as they walk away from it. I don't want you to be there. And there are ways that no matter where you are in your podcast journey, whether you have three episodes, 30 episodes, or 300 episodes, where you can turn it around and begin to take the steps to get yourself toward monetization. And when you do that, the first dollar you make from your podcast will be one of the sweetest dollars you ever make. You will feel like you have climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and you have conquered the world when you finally get that first revenue dollar to fall. When you finally get that first client to sign up for whatever it is you're offering. When you finally get those email opt-ins. So hook story offer is going to be a foundational framework to every piece of content that you put out. You know what? It doesn't matter whether you're doing a podcast episode. It doesn't matter whether you're doing a webinar. It doesn't matter whether you are, let's just say, teaching school, right? The hook story offer framework. And each, if you basically apply that and overlay that to each piece of content, each chapter of a book, each module of a course, 
each lesson that you teach in a classroom. Just keep breaking it down into hook story offer. Here's my main premise, hook story offer. Here's part one, hook story offer. Here's part two, hook story offer. Here's step three, hook story offer. And just go overlay that framework onto each piece of that content that you're producing and it will take people to the next level and to the next level and they will be on the journey with you. So I hope that's helpful. Hook story offer, hook story offer. It's very, very easy to remember that framework and that framework will be what you build the rest of your business on and how you become better at telling those stories and making those sales pitches and illustrating the points you need to make to get your audience to move with you. So hook story offer till you die. Hook story offer. I promise you, you will never go wrong with implementing that framework. Now, before we go, I do want to tell you that I have just launched a Facebook group specifically to deal with the monetization aspect of podcasting. So if you are interested and you need help and you need feedback and you need ideas and you need, maybe you're thinking about offering this or that or something else to your audience and you just don't know how to get it right or get, uh, you know, get the framework or the foundation laid so that you can begin monetizing. All of those discussions in the realm of podcast monetization will be had in our Podcast Monetization Secrets Facebook group. So head over there. You can just go to Facebook, search the group function and search in Podcast Monetization Secrets and request to join. It'll ask you three questions. And one of those questions is, what email address can I send the 21 ways to monetize your podcast uh, PDF to so that you can begin working through those 21 different frameworks? So I hope you've gotten something out of this episode. At least it's made you think about your podcast differently. I hope to see you in the Facebook group. And until then, have an awesome day. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.